Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Sports Finder community, we're back with our regular segment where we speak to great people from the world of sport. And today, it is no different. I have Mr. Andrew Agro from the New York Jets. Andrew, welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, thanks very much for having me. I appreciate having me on, man. It is my absolute pleasure, mate. Andrew, um, before we get into what you're currently working on, take us back in time. Who was Andrew at school? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Canada. Actually, I grew up in uh, Toronto, Canada, just a suburb outside outside of the city, and attended. Uh, you know, played sports all throughout my life. Various, you know, football, basketball, baseball, rugby, etc., uh, skiing, and um, you know, all through all through my life, sports was kind of a part of uh, you know our upbringing. And then uh, headed into university or college, as as they say in, in the U.S. Um, in in Canada studied kinesiology, sort of like physical education, science, sort of physical education and science, the meeting of those two sort of disciplines, and uh, also was a football student athlete in, in undergrad as well. Uh, after undergrad, um, you know, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for, you know, for my career, and um, I basically, I had the opportunity to go to Italy, actually to play American football in Italy for a couple, you know, for a summer. Uh, which was sort of in northern Italy, a place called Bergamo. Uh, it's actually getting being affected right now heavily by by the virus. So we, we certainly send the folks in, in Bergamo well wishes. That was in 2006 when I was out there for the summer. And then from 06 to 08, I actually was admitted into Ohio University's sort of sports MBA program. So I was, a, it was an MBA as well as a master's in sports admin that uh, you know took me through two years of, uh, of grad studies to, to hopefully get myself, you know, to find a way into the sports industry. So Ohio University has been an inception for, you know, over 50 years now and probably one of the top ranked, if not the top ranked program in the world as it relates to trying to get into this industry. And uh, I was fortunate to get in through a couple of folks who had been in my undergrad institution before me that had ended up going to Ohio U. Um, so went down to Ohio, spent two years there you know, years there, interned at the Jets. You did like a summer internship that, uh, you know, was applicable to your current studies and, and had, had landed an internship in football operations, actually, was on the opposite side of the business, the football operations side, um, just helping helping with the 24-7, you know, function of the team in the off-season, training camp, etc. And then a year later, as I was finishing up grad school, um, you know, ha- having gotten to know a lot, a lot of people through the Jets organization, um, thankfully, you know, a few relationships have allowed me to get my foot in the door to at least get an interview and eventually get hired, uh, you know, with the New York Jets on the, in the corporate sponsorships uh, department. Wow. Interesting journey. How did you get your internship? Because that's now, so, that, yeah. Go on, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing that they say, you know, people who you come across in your life, you never know kind of how, you know, what, what those relationships will, you know, will be or, you know, not that you kind of meet people that are always going to, you know, do something for you, but it is amazing the people that you come across and what, how that can change your life. I actually, I went to school with a, you know, a friend, um, you know, in college and her, 
her uncle, well, her, her father was actually a family doctor back in Canada, and her, her father's brother, so her uncle actually happened to be the president of the New York Jets at the time, back in 2006, or, you know, I think he was president until the, just, just before it started, about 2008, so this gentleman named Jay Cross, um, my, you know, she had basically said, oh, my, you know, my uncle works at the Jets, uh, I hear you're trying to get into the sports business industry, and um, before you knew it, I think I, I flipped her my, my resume, and um, you know, a few months later, as I was trying to approach, you know, some, any, you know, all kinds of organizations for an internship opportunity, I, I was approached by the Jets, uh, you know, for, to report on this day and for XYZ job. And again, it maybe wasn't the job that I knew that I wanted for the long term, but I knew that, I guess, is a lesson for folks coming up through the system or trying to get into the industry. It was my way to get in the foot in the door with a major organization. And, Certainly, that changed my life. Uh, you know, that decision I made to, uh, well, thankfully, it was given the opportunity to have an internship. And then through that summer, despite, you know, all, all kinds of menial jobs like delivering packages throughout the office or lining fields or cutting the grass or driving players to the, the airport, you know, doing whatever you have to do to prove yourself, um, I took that very seriously and I tried to build as many relationships as possible so that essentially that was an audition for this bigger opportunity, which came, uh, you know, a year later which would have been 2008, you know, as I was finishing up grad school. So that's, that's the cream right there. This is what our, our listeners need to, need to hear, basically, that, yes, it's, it, it is the Jets, but also these lessons that, you, that, you, that they can learn from through, through this journey. Um, awesome, awesome. I mean, you put in hard work, you, you mix with... With the, with the with the right people, you build networks, you build great great relationships, you get to to the great places. Um, take us through your your current uh position there, and what does your day 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 to day look like? I mean, working at the at an NFL team, you guys it's full on. Uh, even now it's off season. I'm pretty sure you guys are busy nonstop. So take us through that. So, um, you know, I, not ironically, but what I guess what's contrary to public belief is that, you know, when the season ends, you know, everybody kind of goes into hibernation and we get ready for the next, but like the off season for football is actually the on season for business, right? So as soon as, you know, the Super Bowl happens and, you know, the NFL calendar turns over on, uh, you know, on March 31st of every year and April 1 is sort of the new year, uh, that's our fiscal year. Um, we're back, you know, pounding the pavement. We're, we're trying to find the next great partner or company that, that hopefully we can come on board and become a, you know, a corporate sponsor of the Jets and having a lot of conversations, a lot of meetings, you're doing a lot of exploratory, uh, you know, moments for, for companies, doing a lot of research on companies to try to, try to find out, you know, what, where, where are the opportunities for us to grow our book of business from a sponsorship standpoint? So, uh, that's what our off season looks like. It really is on season all throughout the you know the winter, spring, summer, and then once the season starts, obviously we're doing a lot of maintenance, a lot of taking care of clients, executing relationships, uh, fulfilling partnerships. But everything is put in place based on all the you know all the seeds that we've sown all throughout the the off season. So it's kind of one of those things. We're opening day in September, you know, first second week of September. The sponsorship better be in place by then, or else you know the haze in the barn kind of thing. So um, this is this is our our, our crunch time. Uh, and certainly, look, we you and I were speaking on uh, you know it's April sixth of twenty twenty, and 
we're certainly in a very unfortunate time where the world is dealing with, you know, a pandemic that, that none of us could have expected. And this will be my fourth uh, straight week working, you know, remotely working from home. Um, you know, and uh, it, it's a, it's a sensitive time for being in my business because, uh, you know, to, to work, to reach out to clients and, and prospects to try to engage on business conversations. It's a very, you know, that's not the that's not the most important thing right now, right? But yes, that's that's the objective of my job currently. But uh, right now, we're worried about flattening the curve and people and their families staying healthy and avoiding you know avoiding further uh, you know viral spread. So um, it's it's a very unique time that you and I happen to be chatting, just because uh, you know it, it it has changed the way we do business a little well, a lot significantly. Um, but to put it into perspective, certainly we hope that, you know, folks that, that the world, uh, you know, gets healthy and gets through this and that we can all resume, uh, you know, business as usual when the, when the timing's right. But we certainly tip our caps to, to those in the front lines, those are the first responders, the healthcare workers right now. We're doing, going above and beyond to, to try to get folks, um, you know, back to full strength. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, an interesting time to be alive. Um, say when say you're you're currently looking for partners. Like, what does the ideal partner look like? Is there what's what? Which boxes do do they have to tick to be a partner of the New York Jets? Is there a certain criteria, certain values, brands, so on, so on? Uh, yeah. I mean, there we are. You know, there, there's a lot of different reasons as to why we form relationships. Sometimes, uh, you know, a lot of times it's because it's a brand that carries a lot of weight, you know, in the marketplace, regionally in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, sort of like in the New York EMA, or nationally across the United States, or, you know, through North America, or even globally. Uh, we obviously can't, you know, we have a lot of partners who are globally renowned brands. And that's, you know, we want to partner with shiny, you know, successful brands, the ones who reflect, uh, you know, a similar image that, that we might in the, in the marketplace that, that strive for success and that, that, that treat them, you know, that treat the, them, you know, internally and externally, that they, they do a great job of that. Um, look, sometimes brands, prospects, key prospects might be companies that we might end up doing business with, uh, you know, from a IT standpoint, you know, from a technology standpoint, from a food standpoint, from, you know, as a vendor at the stadium or TVs at the stadium or Wi-Fi access points at the stadium or at our training center. There are obviously many, many things that, Jets leverage from a business, you know, from a product standpoint that we just need for our everyday function. Um, you know, from obviously equipment that's being used across the facility. Like I said, a lot of electronics, cameras, televisions, uh, you know, Wi-Fi, software storage, hardware like laptops, computers. Um, the, the list goes on. Uh, sometimes it could be those kind of companies that. That we would do business with organically, and that that would lead us to have establishing a relationship with. Um, some, you know, some sometimes it's, it's connections that we might have through some from executives or, or some clients who have moved on from past partner companies to new new companies that want to work with us again because we like uh, you know they, they happen to like the way we handle our, our clients. So there's a lot of different ways on who we obviously the you know another important piece is that they need to have the money to be able to you know, uh, to, to afford to, to engage in a sponsorship, you know, relationship with us. Uh, certainly the money, you know, the budgetary conversation is in sales and in sponsorship sales. It's, 
that's the most, you know, obviously we want a formal relationship and it has to be a, a meaningful one, but uh, without a budget, you know, you don't, you're not even really getting to that point. So um, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of, uh, you know, we'll constantly keep our eyes open about companies who are spending in the marketplace, companies who are doing well, um, you know, oh, companies who might engage in sponsorships through other professional sports teams in the New York area, in the U.S., in Canada, in Australia, or, you know, across the world. Uh, I, I think the secret is like we everybody knows about the top 50 plus categories that we all talk about, right? Beer, soft drink, insurance, hospitals, um, you know, telecommunications, lotteries, etc. I guess the biggest challenge for us, it's, it's uh, us folks on the sponsorship sales side, is what are the next 50 categories, or what are the next 100 categories that we're going to find um, that are going to derive new revenue and new new opportunities for for teams, and that's. That's the biggest challenge. That's what's going to separate, uh, you know, the best from from the rest of the pack as it relates to, to finding new relationships. Absolutely makes sense. How much does on-field success impact your your job? Um, you know what, I, I would say not. Like, you know, I, probably not as much as people think. Um, you know, certainly we, you know, high high tide rises all ships. Like if you know, if we, if we did make a run into the playoffs or through the playoffs and further, uh, certainly that could help. You know, that could definitely help. But our look, we've you know we've had some sort of up and down years, and I know you've spoken to you know my my counterpart Chris over at the over at the Chiefs who just came off the Super Bowl, and that that will certainly buoy them to new uh, I'm, I'm sure some new relationships. But um, the reality is, is like we don't control anything, you know, us on the business side, we do not control anything that happens on the field, right? So um, when we're in negotiations with companies, that's not that's not a part of the conversation. Like it's it is um, certainly, yeah, people want to associate with with successful and well-known brands, and thankfully we we have that in, in this marketplace. Um, but we're the proposition that we're selling is a business proposition, right? It's an opportunity for them to form a relationship with us. To hopefully help them grow their business or strengthen their client relationships or strengthen their prospect relationships to get them to become clients. So um, that's what we focus on. We control that. Um, and then, you know, you, you hope that cer- certainly, uh, you know, success happens both on the field and off the field. And, um, it, you know, it, it's in the NFL and in all professional leagues, certainly it's a very, these things change from year to year. And um, that's what makes it so great is that every year there's new. Uh, you know, there's renewed optimism for, for hopeful success on the field. and um, But we, we certainly sort of control uh, all the business variables first. And then, um, you know, you have fun enjoying the, uh, you know, the NFL season that, you know, that, that is. And, and why games, you know, that's what makes the NFL so great is that we have so few games that every Sunday or every, you know, Monday or Thursday or whatever it might be means so much. Right? You lose one or two games in a row. Uh, you win two in a row, you know, that, that can make or break your whole season. Whereas, you know, in many other professional sports, you have so many handfuls of games that, like, you can lose five, win five, and it kind of ebbs and flows. But in the NFL, that's what makes it so great that every Sunday or every week, it, it means so much as it relates to success. Absolutely. Um, how much have you seen the whole world of sponsorship change during your, during your time, especially with the, the implementation of technology? And social media and whatnot. How much has that impacted how how brands uh, work with, with with you guys? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've, I've seen a ton of change. I mean, I, when I started in 2008, we were dealing with, you know, the stock market crash and a big, that was the last recession probably that we saw as it relates to, um, you know, the market maybe that we're seeing right now that has, that's been suffering as a result of the virus. But, um, you know, I think like 20 plus years ago, you know, sponsorships was what that meant was a, a sign out, out in, in a stadium or a sign out on a field or somewhere that just kind of hung out and that was the brand showcasing itself. I think like fast forward to today or even the last couple of years, certainly like brands have to work harder and work smarter. Their sponsorships have to work harder and smarter to actually uh, give them results, right? Give them the ROI or the ROO, return on investment or return on objective, um, you know, so that the people in these companies are converting on what they're committing to do. So, look, I've seen it change in so many ways. Obviously, as many know, like the, the NFL – they're always, uh, you know, strategic in terms of what, what they allow teams to um, specific categories. They may or may or may not allow teams to advertise on, right? I've been through in 12 years. I've seen when I started off, you couldn't advertise with casinos. You couldn't advertise with wine and spirits brands. Um, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't have your logo commingled around liquor brands. You couldn't, uh, you, you know, you couldn't participate in a scratch off, uh, you know, team branded lottery ticket. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't promote daily fantasy products or you couldn't promote legalized sports betting, for, you know, which is something that's certainly come to, you know, come to the front uh, burner over the last two years in, in the U S and, uh, you know, every couple of years, there's been a few, you know, sort of like unlocked categories that the league, you know, the, the NFL has sort of permitted teams to, to speak with, to engage, to promote certain products. Um, and even heading into this year, right. Heading into 2020, um, you know, there could very well be an opportunity where NFL teams are going to be able to promote uh, legalized sports betting in various ways that, that maintain the integrity of the game and um, that, that stay away from certainly from minors, from people, you know, that they can't or aren't of age to participate. Um, so obviously there's going to be some, you know, specifics in terms of where we can and can't advertise. But I've seen a change in so many ways. I mean, and then back to the social media point, I mean, when I started, you know, Face, you know, teams didn't have Facebook accounts or Twitter accounts or Instagrams or Snaps or TikToks or whatever, you know, YouTube pages. In 2010 or 2011, we had, we had, we had our management, actually, you and I were talking about Gary Vaynerchuk and being his call. We had management coming to the youngest people in our, you know, in our office at the time saying, like, you're the youngest person in this office. My friend Gary says that we, we need, you know, the Jets are going to, you know, that brands are going to have social media accounts. And over the next couple of years, you know, this is how the world's going to change. So we need a Twitter account. The Jets were the first team, I don't know if it was 2011 or sometime around then. The Jets were the first professional team, or the first NFL team at least, to have a Twitter account. Now it's that. Now that's the you know that's the way that everybody follows teams, right? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. YouTube, um, Snap, Tik, you know, TikTok now, you know, more so. But um, this guy Gary Vaynerchuk, who you know is now a global. Celebrity and a great friend of ours, a great friend of the Jets, big fan. Um, he predicted essentially that, you know, brands, you know, let's talk about like Oreo, you know, consumer brands, Oreo and car brands and, you know, software brands or phone brands, whatever it might be. He predicted that these companies would be active on social spaces and his, his agency actually, um, you know, rep was one of the first to represent brands from a social media standpoint. That, that sort of changed the paradigm of how we, you know, how we operated from a commercial standpoint. And, and then social became the medium or the asset that every one of our clients or prospects wanted, right? So uh, we obviously have to work closely with our marketing and 
communications team, our content team, social, to um, to make sure that we're you know we can activate some of our partners organically through through the social you know through our social pages and it's sort of a it's a, it's a big part of what we do every day. So look, I've seen it. It's amazing. Like I feel like I haven't been there that long, but certainly have been there for the duration of my career, and I've seen a change in many of those ways, and certainly many others that you know I'm probably Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's um, it's definitely interesting how much happens on on Twitter now. Even at one stage, there was there's football games on there. So crazy, crazy times. Um, this is going to be my my last one. I've uh, <laughs> I've asked you a fair few questions. Um, there's 32 teams in the NFL. Um, basically, all the teams are basically partnering with. From 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 what I've heard, sixty to some teams have one hundred and twenty brands, right? Uh, that's a, that's a lot of brands per yeah. team, right. right? How does right. how does one team stand out over the others and bring and attract brands to them? Because the, if you if you look at the market and and the competition, I mean you. Every team is elite. Every team got got the best of the best. What's that one thing that makes makes let's say, for example, now the the Jets stand out over over every everybody else, and brings these brands to to the Jets. Yeah, I mean it, it's an old the old uh, you know it's, it's a thing that was invented you know thousands of years ago, and that's just caring, right? It's just it's honestly treating everybody every partner like. Uh, individually, and that they're their own separate entity, and listening to them. Obviously, we also salespeople, you know, the sponsorship world. Like, we all love to talk, and, and this and that, and and we always have, you know, a lot of a lot of counterparts, and even you know, in our industry in general. Like, we have agendas. We want to sell specific assets to companies, and we have boilerplate proposals. And look, the more that you can slow down and and actually listen to a client and give them, try to give them everything that they ask for. Um, and be strategic in what you're proposing. Uh, that that goes a long way with clients, right? Doing your research, understanding companies, listening to them in terms of what they need, um, and, and be, you know, giving, trying to sell them something that they need versus trying to sell them something that we have to sell. Yeah. Um, that's it. I mean, it's just controlling. That's how we control our relationships. Our clients know that we we bust our tail off to try to execute, you know, our deals at the highest levels, and we we hold a very high standard as to how we. How we fulfill the relationship, and that's you know we can we have 100 percent control out of that, right? Like that's you talk about the variables of winning and lo- winning or losing every Sunday, or uh, you know viruses coming up, or you know business being up or down, or this or that. But what you can control is your relationships, and if, if you have good relationships and you're very you listen to them, and things are gonna you know in times of when things are going great or when things aren't going great, even for companies, right? Coming out of this pandemic right now, like. Some of our partner companies are going to be, you know, they're going to be in a bad spot, right? Like they're going to have potentially struggled as a result of this economic downturn. You know, the more that teams can, you know, depending on how flexible they are, the more that teams can listen to their clients and understand what's what's going to help them thrive in a relationship in the future, uh, that's how we win. And, and, you know, I have full confidence that we, we could go up against anybody in any sport as it relates to, to teams and clubs and how we – how we execute and activate smarter and harder than, than, than all or most teams. Uh, that's 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 basically how we differentiate ourselves. And yeah, as, you're, as you said, it's, it's an arms race. It's very competitive. 
we have uh, you know 11 pro sports teams in within you know an hour of each other in New York, right? You have two NFL teams, you know, two 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 MLB teams, three NHL teams, two NBA teams, two MLS teams. All those teams are between basically New York and New Jersey. That's you know that in itself just means that it's, it's an entirely competitive you know uh, marketplace, and add add all those teams across you know the United States as it relates to all those leagues, you know, and as well as golf and racing and college football and all the other things that happen in, in um, you know, in the U.S., it, it's a competitive space. And you certainly have to, uh, you know, whoever does it the best, whoever cares the most about their clients and, and, you know, is strategic and thoughtful about what they're proposing or what, it, what they're putting in front of clients, that's who wins out in, in the end. And, um, you know, I can certainly attest to, you know, a, a lot of those, um, you know, a lot of those opportunities that we've had, that we've had the fortune of, you know, coming out on top on, and then, and then the next challenge is trying to retain those great clients, those relationships that we have for as long as possible. Absolutely, man. You you summed it up perfectly. Um, and when when you break it down the way that you that you just did, is it's insane how many teams there there are in in, in New York, really. Um, crazy. Um, awesome, awesome. Andrew, thank you so much. Um, we've Definitely had an amazing chat. You've shared a lot of wisdom and insight with us. Um, definitely things that people want, want to hear and see that have, have not heard before, which is awesome. So before we let you go, where, where can we find you online? So you can find me um, on LinkedIn, obviously under my name, Andrew Agro, A-G-R-O. Um, and uh, you know, I'm on Twitter, I like to you know banter here and there about sports business as well at Andrew R Agro. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's that's pretty much it. I sort of like to keep it to as it relates to the industry. I like to keep it to those channels. And, uh, very much appreciate you having me, and, and you know, best of luck to uh, you know to you and your group in the future. Thank you so much, Andrew. Once again, thank you very much for joining me on the Sports Finder podcast. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?